Fourth of July is a great time. It's still a fun holiday. Don't you love the middle of the summer? I know kids love it because you're not in school, right? You just got back from TVR. What a good life. And it is a good life, and it's a good week to celebrate. We celebrate our freedom, our national freedom, from government tyranny and oppression for most of us. We celebrate freedom. When I was a kid, it was always about freedom from communism. Now we hear more about terrorism, but there's always some ism that our nation is striving against so that we can keep our freedom. But there are some things that even this freedom that we enjoy as a nation can't provide. We still have people who are sick. We still have people who have heart attacks. We still have people who live in poverty. We still, at the end of our lives on earth, death still comes. And yet we're free from that. We're free from that if we believe because there's a freedom beyond what our nation can provide. It's a freedom that comes only from our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the freedom over sin and death. Now this morning's scripture comes from the um, letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. And he wrote the letter because there were factions in Galatia that were bickering about stuff. There was the legalistic faction that thought everyone who was not Jewish, who wanted to become part of this new way, needed to adhere to Jewish law. And then there were people who were coming to the faith from pagan religions who thought that, well, since Jesus forgives my sin, I can just do anything I want to do. And Paul was trying to find a middle way, the right way, between those two factions. And so I'm going to read to you this morning from uh, Paul's letter to Galatia, chapter 5. I'm not going to read the, the uh, translation that's on the screens behind you. You can follow along, but I'm going to read from the message paraphrase because I, I just like the way it conveys what I'm hoping we're going to focus on this morning. This is what it says. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Paul's reminding us that in Christ... We are given the freedom from worrying about death. We are given the freedom that comes from knowing our sins, even though we keep making them are forgiven. But Paul is encouraging and admonishing his listeners and us today to remember that we shouldn't use that freedom to do what he calls in more formal language, indulging the flesh. And when he says that, he's not only talking about sexual related sins. We always think that the flesh refers to things that have to do with sex, and it doesn't. It has to do with our life in the world. It has to do when we indulge in those human weaknesses, whatever they're related to. When we live a life in the flesh, we allow ourselves to display hatred, discord, jealousy, Rage, dissension, factions, selfish ambition, drunkenness, idolatry, and sexual immorality. That is what happens when we indulge in the flesh. And Paul is saying, don't waste your freedom on that. Use your freedom to live in the Spirit. And living in the Spirit means that you love others. And when you love others and you live in the freedom that comes from Christ, then 
That freedom will lead you to lives that demonstrate love, peace, generosity, gentleness, kindness, goodness, patience, self-control, and faithfulness. And again, patience. Patience. That's the one I need to work on. The freedom that Paul talks about comes from Jesus. And Jesus spoke about that. When he announced his public ministry, after he was baptized, and he went into the wilderness for 40 days and was tempted and resisted temptation, and came out of the wilderness, he went to his hometown synagogue where he taught for the first time publicly. He had been doing good works and healing people and speaking in the countryside, but this time he went into the synagogue He was treated as the teacher that day, and he unrolled the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And these are the words that he read. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor in the Old Testament and Levitical laws referred to as the year of Jubilee. That's why we call our back-to-school gathering the back-to-school Jubilee. It's not just a fun name. We are providing the things that will allow children to be free to learn because they'll have the tools and the clothing that they need. It wasn't an accidental name. When Jesus spoke about freeing the prisoners, what did he mean? When I read through this book and I read through the New Testament, I don't read where Jesus went to the nearest prison and said a prayer and the walls came tumbling down and all the prisoners walked free. When he said he came to free the oppressed, well, how did he free the oppressed? 40 years, 30 to 40 years after his death, the Jews were being violently oppressed by the Romans. Christians were being persecuted. The Jewish temple was burned down and destroyed in fulfillment of the prophecies. So what what oppression did he end? You see, we try to box God in and Jesus into the words the way we interpret them in light of the way we think about our national freedom. He wasn't setting those in jail free from the physical confinement of jail. He didn't rescue Israel the way Israel expected to be rescued with a great military victory over the Roman oppressors. The victory he earned for us was way bigger than that. And we need to keep that in mind, even in a week when we celebrate our national freedom. In that same letter to Galatia, Paul said, the scripture declares that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. God cared about our freedom. If we go back and we look at the Exodus story, we'll recall that Israel was being held captive. They were slaves to Pharaoh. And God intervened because he wanted them to live as a free people, but free his way. He led them up to the shores of the Red Sea, There they were, sandwiched between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea, and God parted the Red Sea, and they walked through to freedom. He provided their food. He provided their water. He provided the Mosaic Law, which governed the structure of their new society. He gave them a way to live. Their freedom wasn't supposed to be anarchy. And when they tried to grab that freedom and do what they wanted, what did they do? They created a golden calf. That wasn't freedom. That was anarchy. God's freedom comes with boundaries. 
It comes with expectations of us. And we need to remember that today. In John chapter 5, Jesus said these words. These are red letters words spoken by our Lord. He said, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And who will, and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. The freedom we are offered in Jesus Christ is eternal freedom. It's freedom from death. It's freedom from sin. This week in America, we celebrate our independence and freedom from tyranny and oppression, freedom from communism, freedom from terrorism most of the time. But our national freedom hasn't stopped some people from living in poverty. It hasn't, effect, it hasn't prohibited people from dying from acts of terror. It doesn't prevent cancer or strokes or heart attacks. It doesn't prevent sin or addiction. And it can't stop the day from coming when we close our eyes on this earth for the last time. It's a great holiday to celebrate and we're blessed, but we need to remember that our real freedom comes from Jesus Christ. And as people who live in America, what we really need to be celebrating is the blessing of both. I'm not trying to convince you we shouldn't love celebrating Independence Day. I still love celebrating it. I wear this for a reason. But friends, we have a double blessing. The blessing of living in a free nation and the blessing of knowing that we are no longer in bondage to sin and death. Death has been defeated. And I will tell you in this season of my life, that means everything to me even more than this flag and the country where we live. Our response should be the response of a people who are abundantly blessed to enjoy both freedoms. Because there are people out there in our community who live in a free nation, but they don't know Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if they go to bed at night wondering, what's it going to be like when I die? Is it just the end? Will I ever be forgiven by anyone for these sins I commit? The reason our strategic initiative is what it is, to reach 20,000 people within a five-mile radius of this church, is to share that freedom that that kind of person doesn't know yet. They live right here in our community, and there's way more than 20,000 of them. There's way more than 20,000 of them. There's also people who firmly believe in our Lord and they firmly believe that they will be given life eternal because of the salvation offered by Jesus Christ through the work he did on the cross for those who believe. And yet their lives here on earth are dismal. They live in poverty. Sometimes they feel the effects of racism. Sometimes they have debilitating illnesses. And yet most of us we enjoy a double blessing of freedom. And Christians who realize that double blessing of freedom, the freedom from Christ and the freedom of living in this great place, have a duty to pass it on, have a duty to share, have a duty to love our neighbor. 
There are people in some professions that spend their, lives, their lifetimes giving back. And I'm going to name some professions, but I'm leaving some out, so don't get offended. This is not an exclusive list. But I look around this room, and I see teachers, and I see nurses. We have firemen in this congregation. We have first responders. We have doctors. We have people who give their lives serving. And when they are Christian people who give that life serving, the love of Christ comes through in their workplaces when they serve. I know this is true because the night nurse at Countryside Hospital who was there the night Bruce had a stroke is sitting right here in this congregation today. And I'm glad she was there. But charity doesn't stop at our five-mile radius. Charity doesn't even stop. You know, we sing America the Beautiful from sea to shining sea for brotherhood. We really need to do better than that. We need to go beyond sea to shining sea. Yes, we need to have brotherhood here in our country, but we need to go across the oceans. We need to go to places where brothers and sisters don't get to celebrate Independence Day, where they have to hide in their worship. We have a member of our congregation who is de dedicating her life to doing that right now. Her name is Carolyn Goodwin. She remembers that in his words, Jesus said in Acts 1, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Yes, in our local community, yes, in our state, yes, in our nation, but to the ends of the earth. And Carolyn is in Africa. Jesus said, make disciples of all the nations, not make disciples only in America. And so Carolyn, who lives, who, who was a nurse, who earned a pension, who could live safely and comfortably here in America, chose to become a missionary and go to South Sudan in the middle of a civil war in 2015. During part of that year, she had to be evacuated because things were so very violent. She worked hard to get children at an orphanage that she, where she served to be evacuated with her. This is Carolyn right here. This is Carolyn giving medicine. She's sneaking it in on that kid. You know, parents, the, in the little good, tasty, juicy drink, child's getting inoculated orally here. There's pictures of her working with kids in Africa, but you know the greatest work that's being done over there right now is the people who were there working with Carolyn and like Carolyn, the others like her, are raising a young generation of pastors and lay leaders in various denominations, but our United Methodist Church is represented. And they are doing this so that the day will come when Africans will be able to do all the work that is necessary. And if things continue to go the way they are, my guess is a day will come when some of those African pastors will come to America to be missionaries here because we're going to be the ones who need to be reminded if we don't change course. Some of the work that Carolyn's done is absolutely amazing. In the last year, her most recent newsletter talks about conducting trauma healing workshops in refugee camps. She spends a lot of time at a place in Uganda called um, Camp Rhino. There are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of refugees in Africa, and Camp Rhino has lots of refugees who came from South Sudan 
There are people living in big tents, people who are sharing blankets and mattresses. The living conditions are not good, and there's lots of crime. There's lots of rape. Lots of bad things happen in these camps, and Carolyn is there conducting trauma healing workshops. They have Sunday school for two different groups of children that gets conducted um, in two locations. 300 children a month go to Sunday school. They support the United Methodist Church's Grace Children's Home at Camp Rhino with tuition for the kids to go to school, and it's much more expensive to pay that tuition in Uganda than it was in South Sudan. There's a women's prison ministry that's uh, preaching the gospel and helping 60 women who are in prison and 60 children who are in prison as well. You might remember last year there was a time when we had rain boots out and we were collecting funds to buy boots for kids who walked during the rainy season in South Sudan. They would slog through these muddy areas and there were parasites in the mud, they were barefooted, and we, we bought rain boots. We, actually, we sent money so Carolyn could buy rain boots. And there was enough money from your contributions that those children at that orphanage each ended up having their own individual mattress instead of sleeping two to three kids on a little single mattress. And so today, I'm asking you today, last week we spoke about things you could do locally like the Jubilee and Vacation Bible School, the Carpenter Shop Ministry, Middle School Ministry, Visitation, Stephen Ministry. Today I'm asking you to think about supporting our sister who has gone beyond the sea to Shining Sea, to Africa, to share the love of Christ to the ends of the earth. Now if you decide you want to support Carolyn, I have to ask you to do it this way. If you want to give cash, you can drop it in the rain boots. But if you want to write a check to support her more regularly or give a larger amount, you need to write it through her sending agency, which is the Mission Society, not St. Paul. She is our sister and our member, and we love her and pray for her and are proud of her, but we're not her sending agency, so the accounting for contributions made in support of her need to be made by the Mission Society, so the checks need to go to them. And there's a table set up on the courtyard, and there's information in the Connection Center about how you can contribute to Carolyn that way if you'd like to do that. Carolyn is an American woman who's from a country where she can live in freedom and safety. She has chosen to exercise her freedom to demonstrate radical dependence on Jesus Christ. In this country where we celebrate Independence Day as a nation, Carolyn is demonstrating radical dependence on Jesus Christ. She's gone to a place where the bullets fly, where rape occurs, where people are beat up. Bad things happen where she's been, and she's seen bad things happen. But she came home for a time of respite, and she turned around and went right back, and there was never a question that she was going to do that. She epitomizes our text where Paul said, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. This week is the 4th of July. Have fun. Picnic, go to the pool parties, watch the fireworks. But let's remember, we are free here today to worship because of the sacrifice that was made by others. And we are free from the fear and bondage of sin and death because of the sacrifice of our Lord. We're free to serve our neighbors 
or not. We're free to be for Pinellas or for ourselves. We're free to sing patriotic songs. But if you think about patriotic songs, lots of them are their prayers. God Bless America by Kate Smith. It's a prayer. God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. It's a prayer. And then there's that one, that beautiful song, America the Beautiful, written by Catherine Lee Bates. It's a prayer. And I'm going to ask Josh to come out now and lead us in two verses of that song. Can we all stand together? Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea, O oh, beautiful, for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. America, America, may God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. Please be seated. Let's think about the words we just sang. We focus on the purple mountains, majesties, and the waving grain. Those are always the scenes that we see in our mind's eye when we sing that song. And we remember the first chorus, America, America, God shed his grace on thee, and he has... And crown thy good with brotherhood and sisterhood from sea to shining sea. And God works with us to try to make that happen, but we need to hold up our part of the bargain. Not everyone feels brotherhood and sisterhood from sea to shining sea. But I want to spend our last minutes here together today talking about the second verse of that song. O beautiful for heroes proved. People sacrifice for us to live this way. And we don't do enough in response. 
We don't do enough for our neighbors who are poor. We don't do enough to recognize that other countries don't have the abundance that we have. Jesus sacrificed the most of all. Others try to follow in his footsteps and do the best they can, but there's only one Jesus. What sacrifice are you making today for the betterment of everyone? But here's the part I really want you to hear, because this is the tough stuff where we all have to be willing to be changed. America, America, may God thy gold refine. We're the gold, Catherine Lee Bates was talking about. She wasn't talking about a precious metal that goes through a process of being fired to burn off impurities, to make coins that could have the image of a political leader. We are the gold that needs to be refined. That's what she was writing about. We are America's gold. And when we are refined, we become image bearers as well. We become image bearers of God. And when we do that, and when we go through the fire, and we go through the process, and we give up the things we have to give up, and we mourn the things we have to mourn, and we continue to trust God, and we continue to behave in ways that are radically dependent on Jesus, then what happens is the hatred, the jealousy, the ambition, the division, the greed. They're burned away, and what's left is peace and joy and hope and love. That if we are truly free in Christ, we will share with others. So the question is, whose image will you bear? The question is, will you be America's gold, refined by God, to serve our country until the day comes when we can say, till all success be nobleness and every gain, every gain that matters, divine.